1: We thought they were, but we got about the well, it I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. F left,
2: 372 Y sticks, C spot.
1: The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt.
3: Well, how
2: am I
4: going to go to college? I'll just play football.
2: Yes, sir. How y'all are? Hour two of the show off and running. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go. With the home team. Farm Bureau. The home team. Your hometown heroes. Thank you. Thank you to Beaver for being here in the first hour. But as fast as he was here. He's already up and moved on, and now back with us, our man, our, our friend, Roger. Yep, back, back in back, the saddle again. Back in the saddle again. Who's saying that, Gene Autry? I want to say that. Yeah. Somebody like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who was the other guy with the trigger? Was that him? Was that him or was that? Uh,
2: well, uh, yeah. What. Wait a minute now. Okay, yeah. The Lone Uh, Ranger's horse was named Silver. So Gene Autry's
1: horse was named Trigger. One of those old guys. I'm sure somebody is screaming at the radio right now. If we're getting it wrong. Oh, you know it. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, as as you can tell, this is totally off the cuff. (laughs) Off the cuff. Didn't think about it ahead of time.
2: Well, in the first hour, Roger, you missed it. Um, But you're about to get it now. There was a lot of feedback because everybody associates with this. Right before the show... Beaver and I realized we both shared an affinity for this movie. It's one of our favorite all times that was majority filmed in Mississippi. It was Gene Autry, by the way. It was Gene Autry, okay. Majority of this movie filmed all around here.
0: We ain't one at a time in here. We're mass communicating. Oh, yes. That's a powerful new force. Mm -hmm. Shake a leg, Junior.
1: (laughs) Shake a leg. I love that character, man. I love that guy. Isn't that great? That may be his best role. Yeah. And, so he and he's
2: and I don't know who the actor is. I can't name him. But you're right. Like in terms of, for me anyway, uh, memorable? Pappio O'Daniel. Let's see, who would it have been? George Clooney, no. John Turturro, no. Tim Blake Nelson, no. That was the three guys. John Goodman, obviously not. Holly Hunter, no. Was it Charles Durning? I think so. I think it might have been Charles Durning. It was the guy who played that. No, but we were looking up film locations for Old Brother Where Art Thou, and it led us to all these different moments from the movie that everybody likes. Listen to this one.
0: You don't tell your pappy how to court the electorate.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You don't tell your pappy how to court the electorate. Now, Roger, I didn't know if I could play this on the radio or not, but I did. Charles Durning was the right answer there. Okay, Charles Durning.
0: I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker.
2: Now, you remember when Delmer was out, he said, I don't mean to be telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who will pay you to sing into his can. And then, you know, his Papio Daniels' response.
0: I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker.
2: I mean, so now we've played it three times, so we're either in big trouble (laughs) or we're okay, one or the other. We were looking at, you know, the scenes in that movie. So much of it filmed right around here, and... Yeah, I got confused. Now, I, there was part of it that was definitely filmed in and around Canton. But when we got to talking about that big scene at the end where they were on stage, the Soggy Bottom Boys with the beards, and they were pardoned by Papio Daniel and all that, that was actually in a building in downtown Vicksburg.
0: There's my esteemed opponent in the upcoming, Homer Stokes. <laughs> yeah, well, let me go. Take sounded to me like he was harboring some kind of hateful grudge against the soggy bottom boys on account of their rough and rowdy past.
3: <laughs> looks,
4: like,
0: looks like Homer Stokes is the kind of fellow wants to cast the first stone. Well, I'm with you folks. I'm a forgive and forget Christian. And I say, if their rambunctiousness and misdemeanor is behind them, it is, ain't it, boys? Uh, yes, sir, it is. Well, then I say, by the power vested in me, these boys is hereby pardoned.
2: And uh, he won their votes, I'm sure. So that scene, uh, the Homer Stokes hoedown. And again, there's a description here at movie locations where the Stokes campaign implodes, but the soggy bottom boys prove a mighty hit was staged in the auditorium of the Southern Cultural Heritage Foundation on Adams Street in Vicksburg. Now, that same place was also um, part of the movie Mississippi Burning. Same place, Southern Cultural Heritage Foundation. Yep, sure was. And do you remember the scene, Roger, where they're sitting on the front porch of this old, home you know El- antebellum home at one point talking to his um discussing political tactics with his cronies or whatever
1: oh yeah yeah you remember that scene where they were with saying the ice iced tea or something
2: that's right and then in his cronies said he's gonna he's gonna kick her he's gonna kick our fannies yep he's he's gonna kick them real good <laughs> that was filmed at the cedars plantation in natchez so you're looking at a movie that was filmed everywhere from the Delo Water Park to Canton. Remember when Everett and Delmer they came into town? Yeah. Um that was in Canton on uh, the Courthouse Square. Same place where they witnessed that political rally. The friend of the little man scene, that was in Canton to Vicksburg, to Natchez, to the Delta out there in Greenville. All right, uh, you know, close to it anyway. Yazoo City, Hazelhurst. Well, I said Greenville, Leland, actually, with the railroad, where they're on the railroad and they jump in the car. That's oh, yeah. um, east of Greenville on the Columbus and Greenville Railway. All around here, man, that entire movie. makes me want to go back and watch it again, but I've told you this, Roger. I told Ben the same thing. The Cohen brothers produced, directed the movie. They are brilliant. They are absolutely brilliant
1: storytellers. Yeah, it's Funny, we're talking about this today because I watched Fargo. Ah, yesterday.
2: did you? You watched Fargo? Yeah, they're they They like
1: places with like really you know distinguishable characters and voices. Yes, obviously they like the the they work that uh, Canadian uh-huh. uh, kind of accent to death up there you know, at <laughs> Fargo, and then they yeah. got Pappy down here with his oh, southern, yeah. oh yeah. yeah, electorates. I think that was their breakout thing, Fargo.
2: Yeah, Fargo was. But they have this thing, this series of short stories that they apparently worked on, they said, for almost 15 years until they got it finished. And now it's uh, available to everybody on Netflix. It's called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. And it's like seven or eight short stories that are all in a vacuum. They're not related to each other, but you can sit there and watch all of them. And give you a hint, the first one, the main character, is Tim Blake Nelson, who played Delmer in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? It's brilliant, and it's on Netflix. Don't let your kids watch it, all of it, but it's um, brilliant storytelling. It really is. Uh, farm, let's see. Yeah, okay. Phone line, Divinity Equipment phone. Davinny Equipment, Madison and Jackson. Jeff listening in Brandon. What's up, Jeff?
3: What's up, man? Hey, uh, yeah. Part of that, uh, the when there a graveyard scene in No brother, where art thou? Um, that was filmed over on the buddy of my hunts property in in Canton Okay, and uh, the, the the tombstones and stuff are all still out there.
2: So really, I have it's, to look. It's that Really,
3: kind of cool the, the the site where where they did it. And uh, and I was in Mississippi Burning as an extra. Really, and. Probably the hardest sixty dollars cast I've ever made in my life.
2: <laughs> What'd you have to do?
3: I, I, well, first of all, we had to had to meet for the you know whatever the casting deal they deal where they give you know give your dressing. We were Navy folks, and uh, okay, they shaved everybody's heads like day one basic training, and um, which was a shock. But um, but then we walked through. We was on the backwaters of the Pearl River, back off of forty three um and we walked through some water huh? that i would not step foot in really by myself for, <laughs> for anything in the world just i mean alligator type water you know just terrible stuff and then we're just traipsing off in this stuff because we want to be in a movie and mm-hmm. they paid us 60 bucks they put us all on a bus that afternoon and take us back to Jackson and and asked if anybody wanted to work tomorrow. They had some openings, and nobody on the bus got work. <laughs> <laughs> I was like man, to heck with this, man. We were worn out. I'd been wearing chest waders all day long and straights and water, ten takes at a time. You know, it was mm. terrible, terrible. But I was in the movie twice. So
2: you were so you can so. go watch that movie and see your face. Yep. How about that? Absolutely Did twice. you yep. did you have any rub shoulders with or bump into any of like the main actors at all?
3: We saw him. Uh, we yeah. saw who was it? Um,
2: well, who was oh, in? Who was in? It was the
3: two, two main guys. Uh, well,
2: um, McConaughey was in oh, one oh, of shit. those things.
3: Well, it wasn't Matthew McConaughey. Um, crap, I can't. I can't remember. I can't remember the Gene Hackman. And, Hackman,
2: uh, okay,
3: and uh, so, oh crap, I can't remember the other guy's name. What was the uh, one
2: that McConaughey was in though, where he was the lawyer, the young? Guy. Oh, that
3: was. Uh, it was that was in Canton too. Um,
2: yeah, that's a different one.
3: A time to kill? No.
2: I think you're right. I think you're right.
3: Yeah, time to kill. Yep.
2: William Defoe. So William
3: Defoe. That's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. We saw them, but they didn't. We didn't get anywhere close to them. But yeah, uh, yeah they were on site with us too. So, but, so yeah, it was cool to be in it. So Roger still, just mentioned. Uh,
2: Roger just mentioned Fargo, and what William Defoe was the main character in yep. the movie Fargo, and it actually in real life, William Defoe is the husband. Of one of these actresses, who is tied up into this um, big bust that they just had on the college entrance scam that the FBI, oh you know, um, you remember uh, Aunt uh, Becky from Full House, uh, yeah. Lori Laughlin, she's one of the main ones, and the other main yep. actress, she's married actually to William Defoe, so she may be yep. having to pay up. Good stuff. I anyway, pre- that, that,
3: that, that yeah, that was the end of my acting days. I, I was uh, that was the they got about twelve hours out of us that day and uh, for sixty bucks
2: cash. Hey, you know what's interesting? I just googled Mississippi Burning, and one of the first videos, uh, Jeff, that pops up on the suggestion, it is a uh, it says Mississippi Burning official trailer, Gene Hackman movie. It's from YouTube, and the thumbnail picture on this video is a bunch of soldiers uh you know or, or navy wearing white hats and there's gene hackman yep. standing there yep so you're in that shot
3: <laughs> I, well i don't know i'd have to go back and look at that part of it but uh <laughs> but yeah I, i've got the vhs tape at the house and that's my one claim to fame but, yeah. for
2: 60 bucks
3: 60 bucks hey and not only that the director got on the bus to ask us that question with a budweiser in his hand <laughs> And we were all, we were all like, uh, we'll take that beer from you, but uh, we're not coming back
2: tomorrow.
3: <laughs> all right, brother. Y'all have a good day.
2: You too, Jeff. Thank you. That's good. Yeah, okay. And I did it. See, this is what I need Twitter for right here. I got William Defoe and William H. Macy completely mixed up. Rebel Bear. Leave it to somebody, Andy, who is Rebel Bear Shark on Twitter, at Radio Wyatt, that's me. Rebel Bear Shark says you have William H. Macy and William Dafoe mixed up. Totally. Totally mixed them up. I saw William and just went right on down that path, didn't I? Sorry. Sure did. That's probably a common error. And William Dafoe, he was, um. let's see, he was the villain in, what, one of the Spider-Man movies here recently? Okay. Anyway, there we are. I, you know. That's it. And uh, somebody, Jr. on the text line, Roger, says that Roy Rogers had the horse name Trigger.
1: That's the one I couldn't think of, but you had it right on who sang the song. Okay. So Autry sang the song, Back in right. the Saddle. Yeah. Okay.
2: <clears throat> okay.
1: Happy trails um, will be Roy.
2: Yeah, and Brooks, thanks for your uh, text. 885-ESPN is the text line. 885-ESPN. Um, he said to he was forgive me. It's been a while. <laughs> he said he was talking about my dog Skip in the graveyard scene. Uh-huh. I couldn't think of the graveyard scene in Old Brother Where Art Thou, and I, you know I know the movie you know fairly well. So that, that sounds about right. We're all, we're not necessarily dead on, but we're all around it. That's that's what this is. <laughs> Yeah, now it's not William. See, look, now the real Brian on the text line tells me that it's not William Defoe, it's Willem. He's right that about correct. that. It's, it's de- right. It ain't William. See, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm, It's kind of like my football career. Not at all accurate, just kind of in the vicinity. <laughs> I'm Was there. Jim Gaffigan in that movie? Jim Gaffigan in what? Mississippi Burning? Fargo. And I'm probably, oh, Fargo. I'm, you're,
1: you're, you're back to the. Yeah, it could have been. Willem. Hey,
2: I don't know, but did you see? They ended it last week, but they were C Spire was giving away tickets to see Jim Gaffigan, who's now a stand-up comedian in uh, Brandon at the amphitheater. Jim Gaffigan, one of the most famous stand-up comedians in the world. He's funny. Yes, yeah, coming to uh, the Brandon amphitheater. So, getting a well, lot of people through there. No doubt. Good, good was, acts. Well, I haven't even seen it yet. That's what's embarrassing to me. I just appreciate everybody that really is smart. Brian and Andy and Kudzu Dog and everybody keeping me on track on all this stuff. Anyway, fun stuff. Fun stuff. And how dare y'all tell Pappy how to talk to his electorate. You don't tell
0: you Pappy how to court the electorate.
2: How to court the electorate. <laughs> Great movie. Okay, so the Jim Gaffigan thing already happened. Yeah, they were giving the tickets away up until, like, noon on Friday. So it must have been with the last couple of days uh, on that. Seaspire is one thing that's really cool about C Spire in terms of, you know, entertainment and music and everything. There's a lot of concerts and things they're involved in. They give away tickets to all that stuff. Very involved with some of the acts. and They have a big event that happens every summer. It's one of the cool things about a big, strong company like that being – Kind of locally, not only owned, but minded. The whole kind of sort of dance with who brung you, so to speak. C Spire also very involved in awards. And, you know, you go to any high school stadium, you're going to see the support there, sponsorships and programs and in signs and obviously in the college stadiums. But as we were talking earlier, they do the awards. You have the the, um, Connerly Trophy. C Spire gives out the C Spire Connolly Trophy it goes to the state's best football player every year. You have the C Spire Howell and Gillum Trophies. It goes to the best men's and women's basketball players. And then the C Spire Ferris Trophy, named after Boo Ferris, right after the season is over, gives uh, goes to the top baseball college baseball player in the state of Mississippi. And today we got those finalists. Let me tell you who they are the finalists, and they're going to have a luncheon to give this thing away coming up in, what, two weeks? Well, it's really next week, right after the end of the regular season, right before the conference tournament. The finalists are going to be Tyler Keenan, Ole Miss third baseman, sophomore, Clayton, North Carolina, came through there last week. Gray Kessinger, Ole Miss shortstop, a junior from Oxford. Jake Mangum, Mississippi State center fielder, a senior from Pearl. Ethan Small, state's junior starting pitcher from Lexington, Tennessee. And Matt Walner, Southern Miss, a junior from Forest Lake, Minnesota. Now, numbers. You got four hitters and a pitcher. So let's go with a pitcher first. Ethan Small, a finalist for the C Spire Ferris Trophy. 1.73 earned run average, a 7 and 1 record, 132 strikeouts in 78 innings. Think about that for a minute against SEC competition, would you? Think about that. What's 132 divided by 78? What is it? Somebody tell me. I think I did it wrong. That's almost 1.7 strikeouts per inning. That's way up there. You pair that 132 strikeouts and 19 walks all year long in 78 innings. That's just incredible. Now the hitters, how do they compare? We'll go batting average. Walner right now sitting there to 295 average but with 15 home runs. Mangum batting 401. One home run, but 20 doubles, three triples, 93 hits. And he's now become the all time SEC hits leader. He's walked more times this year and he struck out. 18 walks, only 15 Ks. Gray Kessinger, shortstop Ole Miss. He is the best fielding shortstop in the SEC, therefore, one of the best in the entire country. And he's been tearing the cover off the ball at the plate this year, too. He's batting 355, 355 average for Greg Kessinger. Four home runs, 17 doubles. Driven in 39. And Tyler Keenan, the third baseman at Ole Miss, he's just a sophomore from North Carolina. His average at 299, 11 home runs this year for Tyler Keenan. So... You know, stats really far and away do favor. Stats favor the two Mississippi State kids far and away. They do. And so that's why I said pretty confidently earlier, somebody texted in and said, you know, is anybody going to challenge Jake for the Ferris Trophy? Well, first of all, you can go ahead and note that Mangum has entered this territory of like Eli, Dak, and that is first name territory. Everybody goes, Jake. Well, they know who you're talking about. Is it baseball and Jake? Well, it's Jake Mangum. And the truth is, no. The only one that might challenge him really is Ethan Small because his pitching stats are gaudy, just gaudy numbers. 78 innings, 132 strikeouts, only 19 walks, and he's 7-1, got a 1.73. But still, Jake's taking on the Ferris Trophy. You know that. We all know that. It's just a matter of when. what time does the speech start. And and this year more than any other, we know ahead of time. You usually don't know. This one we know. Hour number two, off and running. Y'all stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt show. <laughs> Shake a leg, Junior.
0: We ain't one at a time in here. We're mass communicating. Oh yeah, that's a powerful new form. Mm-hmm. Shake a leg, Junior.
2: <laughs> Roger, I told Beaver that you know I'm rarely there with y'all in Jackson, but whenever I am, I always see him because he comes into the studio right at the end of my show, getting ready to start his and Chris's show. And and I'm gonna say that to him every time.
1: Shake a leg, Junior. <laughs> You call him scooter, he loves that. <laughs> yeah, grown be, men grown men love that.
2: Yeah, grown men love being called scooter.
1: Yeah. Hey scooter.
2: I don't really like it when people call me Bub or Buddy. <laughs> hoss. I, yeah, hoss. If somebody calls me hoss, it makes me think
1: they wanna fight. <laughs> <laughs> nah. You know that, that that term comes from like a meaning a gentle giant mountain of a man kind of was that's that's it was the common history of it yeah yeah well you had hoss like cartwright the, exactly that's one of the yeah mm-hmm. yep all right you're about as big as he was. <laughs> yeah and about as ugly too. <laughs> not a, not
2: around but it's tall about as big not as ugly much less successful <laughs> hey y'all can be a part of the show if you're listening now uh phone line working fine on the divini phone Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. Give me a call and tell me what you think. 995-1059. That's a 601 number, 995-1059. But you can also text 885-ESPN. The number is, in fact, 885-3776. But 885-ESPN works, so text away. And uh, you can also tweet me anytime at Radio Wyatt. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, whenever, feel free to tweet. <clears throat> A couple things on the text line. Unnamed Texter. Says Roger needs to watch Fargo, the TV show, if he likes the movie. And I can't talk about Cohen Brothers without mentioning Big Lebowski. I know. I mean, you think about these guys and and the The cult classic sort of movies that, and and really even beyond, Fargo, Big Lebowski, Old Brother, Where Art Thou? And I'm telling you, anybody who has any appreciation for any of those, you need to watch The Battle of Buster Scruggs. You'll tune in. You'll start watching these short stories back to back to back to back on Netflix, and you won't stop until you're completely finished. They're that good. Another unnamed texter talking about the Ferris Trophy said it's not even close. Jake. Is the winner, again, Jake is on first-name basis now with everybody. Somebody was asking about Keenan being on there over somebody else. JR, you said, how's Keenan in there over, but then you say, it says FPS, and I don't know what that means, so I'm going to need a further explanation. And, uh yeah, the other one, Pat, is when somebody calls you partner. I don't mind that one too bad. It's so old-fashioned if somebody says partner. Yeah, I don't mind it too bad.
1: Come on, partner.
2: I I know that, look, I'm terrible with remembering names. Short-term, long-term, I have this hang-up, and it has nothing to do with me not appreciating other people or seeing other people as important. That is not it at all. I just have an incredibly difficult time remembering names a lot of times. And so what I've done, Roger, is I, I, I try my best not to do that, not to say hey, buddy, or hey, Bubba, <laughs> partner. But a lot of times I, I, I just get over it and I say, hey, how you doing? T- tell me your name again, would you please? That's the way you do it. And about the second or third time, after having to do that, it's embarrassing enough that then I remember it, you know. So partner is
1: one of those. You do right. like Hulk Hogan and call everybody, brother, brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You did. Good. really emphasize the R, brother.
2: Okay. I want to get into this, and I knew it would come up. And it's about Mike Bianco on the text line. But first, the Divini Equipment phone is one ringy-dingy, two ringy-dingy. And I've got Oliver over here in Jackson hanging on the Divinity phone. What's up, Oliver?
4: What's going on,
2: man? Man, not much. How are you?
4: What do you think about all the commitments from Dan Bowen's team? Uh, you think state all miss will get on. I just wanted to that kinda of happened all over the weekend. There were some memes about him that yeah. he's gonna lose his team and uh just kind of get your two cents about that.
2: Okay. I tell you my two cents, Oliver. Number one, it's not the best situation that they're juggling right now at Florida with the off the field thing and it causing one of their top recruits to want to transfer. He is transferring now, others are transferring. Okay, it's not the best situation. Does it hurt their depth? Yeah. Does it hurt their talent level? Sure. I stand by, though. Dan Mullen's one of the best football coaches in the country. His teams will overachieve more often than they won't. And they have an athletics director in Scott Strickland who any of those sticky situations, he's going to handle it gracefully and the right way. He will every time. So they're going to get past that, and they're going to get through it. I take a longer-range view on a lot of that stuff than other people do. And I promise you, I am not a conspiracy theorist at all, Oliver, but this is what I will tell you. In regards to the media coverage of it, his, some of his rivals, particularly Georgia now, have really developed a hate for him or starting to develop a hate for Dan Mullen the same way that Ole Miss fans developed a, t- a hate for him when he was at state because he runs his mouth. And what he did what he did is he ran his mouth a little bit, picking on Georgia here in the offseason. You know how he does. He did it at state, and it incensed a lot of Georgia people. And a lot of Georgia people have a lot of money, and a lot of Georgia people with money have their hooks in people at the SEC network and at websites. And, and if you look closely, they're big-time college football writers who you know what they are? They're Georgia people. And they're all over the place. It doesn't make them bad people. They just are. And so they will not hesitate to continue to waft the flames of the the – you know, online idea that Florida is melting and Dan Mullen's a horrible person and is going to flunk out of this job. You know that they will not hesitate to pour on that because one, it's great for clicks; two, it's great for radio ratings on like you know Paul's show in the afternoons of yesterday. It's great for him because George is a huge fan base that hates Dan Mullen, and Florida is a huge fan base that loves him. So a lot of what you hear, keep in mind that it's not reality. The reality is they'll get f- through it. Their team is going to continue to get better and they'll handle it the right way at Florida in the long term. That's my take. Thanks, Oliver. Yep, have a good day. Yep, you too. Appreciate it. Um so here's the text. It's an unnamed texter. It says, "Hopefully, rub uh, Reb Baseball goes after Godwin or Chequets. I don't even know if that's right or not. Uh, the UC Santa Barbara coach. Okay, is that from Walt? Okay, Walt, who says, It's past time for a change. The love has gone. Um, This is what happens, and has happened a lot in Mike Bianco's tenure as a head coach at Ole Miss. Now, it used to happen a lot more before he took that team to Omaha and before he won the SEC championship in the regular season and the SEC tournament last year. And in my opinion, it still happens a little too much. Let's get into it next. I'll tell you what I think. This idea that the love is gone, it's time for Ole Miss to have a different baseball coach. You probably know, I'm not going to be mean about it at all, but I'm a, well, let's just set it straight in terms of the 10 to noon hour. Let's just set it straight. We'll do that next. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. are not getting another baseball coach at Ole Miss. Not until Mike Bianco himself decides that it's time for Ole Miss to get a new baseball coach. Write that down. Write that down. Yeah, he is making history. I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, I interrupted you. you. Yeah, he is making history. I I think it even goes beyond that. I'm mad. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau. Go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. How long has he been there? 15, 18, 19? He's working on two decades. Right? Right? Let's Google it. While I do that, I'll tell you that uh, you can text the show at 885 ESPN. That is a 601 area code. 885 ESPN or 885-3776. Yeah, he's in his 19th year at Ole Miss. He joined uh, there, took over the program in 2000. I think the problem is a lot of us have short memories People have a hard time remembering what it was like prior to 2000 in terms of baseball at Ole Miss. It was really nothing special. Um, But since then, it really has been special, you know, in short order too. Around about 2004, 2005, 2006, they were having a lot of fun at Swayze Field. For the first time in as long as anybody could remember, ranked nationally, top 10, top 10 recruiting classes, Hosting in the postseason. Go from (laughs) to Shinola pretty quick because Mike Bianco took over the program. 19th year. Unprecedented success in the history of the program. You know what else is historic about what Mike Bianco has done at Ole Miss? He's one of the coach is that you can count on one hand to lead a program to major major national success without one single solitary blemish on his record personally not one single solitary time where he has ever embarrassed the university Tell me who those are. How many? Count them up. How many? They ain't many. Especially not across 20 years. And he's got this thing in a short rows now where you're in the top five in the country every year in attendance. 45 whatever million dollars in upgrades and a new team facility this year. Recruiting classes up there. Guys in the pros up there. National brand up there. Hosting in the postseason again. Well, Matt, we just lost three games again. The Mississippi State can't beat State. Okay. Well, you tell me who's t- paying too close attention to the in-state rivalry.
1: State's pretty good, all by the way.
2: Yeah, because State's really good. And State's investing more in recruiting at just as high or higher level
1: every year. Yeah, and, and you know what he makes a year? What does he make? 1.12 mil a year. That's nothing. That's over, almost twice what Lamonis is getting. Right. So, I mean, they love him up there. Apparently. Well,
2: and, and they should. Because, <clears throat> yeah. again, here's the other thing, too. Uh, my prediction is that Mike Bianco is your next athletics director at Ole Miss. I don't know when it is. It's just a prediction. I don't know when that's going to happen, but I think he will be. And I think it'd be a darn good one. You know, you look around at places who've gone that same route. Look at the success and the the stability with Ray Tanner, former baseball coach, AD now at South Carolina. Look at the success and stability and continued fundraising with John Cohen, the AD, Mississippi State. And a guy who's been in it as long, who's as highly thought of. I think Mike Bianco is going to be your next – Athletics director at Ole Miss one of these days, and you know what he should be. And you know what, as soon as he decides he wants to do it, they ought to roll out the red carpet. There will not be another baseball coach at Ole Miss until Mike Bianco decides there ought to be one, and everybody in baseball circles knows that's the case, and it will be that way, and it should be. So you're 15. You you got swept at home by State. Okay, guess what? State's really good and really invested in baseball and got really good players. In fact, the best hitter the SEC's ever had in terms of racking up hits, yeah. And so you get swept at home. Okay, that's baseball. Now you want to fire him? A guy who's been there 19 years? Top five, top ten in attendance every year? Well, Matt, we want to take the next step. Okay, you go right ahead. You go right ahead and you figure out a way to – somebody, and take that next step. And in the meantime, while you're trying to figure it out, call Rick Stansberry. In the meantime, while you're trying to figure out what it might be like, call David Cutcliffe. Be careful what you ask for. Better keep those feet on the ground. Here we go, Divinity Equipment Phone, Divinity Equipment, Madison and Jackson. A treat. Our man, hold on, time I'm stalling. Our man, here he is. First name, Gator. Last name, Greg, middle name, Chomp, Chomp. What's up, Gator Greg? How are you today, sir? All right, pretty good. Mr. Wyatt, you, you're talking some good I, – I, you, you are, you're your proper
4: perspective. Mm. I just think the Ole Miss fans are just probably a little bit more frustrated with, you know, your dogs just whooping them here the last, what, 16 games. Mm-hmm. But you have to think big picture. Uh, look, at, look at Arkansas and how they kind of bottomed out a couple years ago. I kind of compare Bianco a little bit more with – Coach Van Horn, he has had a little bit more World Series success, but the Hogs bottomed out just a couple of years ago. Stick with the man; they got a. You, you won fifteen games this year. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, hey, 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 if the Gators can win fifteen this year, I'd take that. They're they're probably not going to make the tournament, but you think anybody's going to fire O'Sullivan down there? <laughs> I mean, the success he's had. Sometimes you're going to have off years, and we're talking about a team. The last time I checked, is going probably. Have a, still have a chance to host or yep. play and be a dangerous team. Mm-hmm. It, this is just frustration, uh, and, and you have to kind of just look. The man is probably is the best coach in the history of the program, and uh, you, you, you know, hey, I, I'm not going to go like it took Dean Smith 20 years to win a national championship, but Carolina stay with him. I think he's consistent. I mean, look, these are the same fans on calling your show what a week ago after they come back and just. Took LSU's hard, and now one week later they want to fire him. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think the old Miss people just is kind of a little irrational, and just you need to look at the whole perspective of the deal. That's all I got to say, Mr. White. Hopefully the, the Gators baseball team can play in the baseball NIT, whatever that is. You guys have a good show, Go Gators.
2: <laughs> and he's out, Go Gators. The baseball NIT, whatever that is. Uh, they don't have one. <laughs> they don't have one, Greg. Maybe that's the. Summer League stuff. I don't know. Get a head start on the Cape. But Ole Miss will go to Arkansas State for a midweek, and then they will go to Tennessee in the final weekend. And right now, in the standings in the SEC, um, Ole Miss is in third place in the West. Okay, but that – listen. Again, this is – it's great when you have a chance to chase and win a conference championship. But is it – Everything, or is it the ultimate goal? Listen, it is not. Last year's Ole Miss team it is an example of that. It is great. Yeah, you want to win the league. It means you're playing well. You're playing up to your potential. You're good. You are you got everything going for you. It's great. They'll recognize you at the uh, SEC tournament for winning the regular season, and then you get a trophy and play on television and win the SEC tournament and get a ring for it. You remember it the rest of your life. You create a memory. Great. Yes. Wonderful. Is it the goal of that team? No. The goal of the team is to advance in the postseason and go play in Omaha for a national championship. And let me tell you something, Ole Miss. You're out here talking about Mike Bianco. 19 years in, guess what he's going to do? He's got another team that is capable of getting hot and playing themselves into Omaha. Yeah, but don't yeah, but me. Absolutely, they're capable of doing that. They might not, but they're capable. Okay, but but the whole Fire Bianco thing or is it time for a change deal... It's an overreaction to a really, really good, good Mississippi State team winning three games, or really four games against you this year. That's what that is. It's a reaction to that. And the rivalry thing, you know, lights that candle even hotter. It does. Ole Miss still has a chance to host. You know, and guess what? I mean, this whole thing of losing the state, guess what? 42 other times it's happened the most of any SEC team state sitting there at 42 and 10. and uh tied for the third best record in the SEC right now with a weekend to go state sitting there at 18 and nine state's really good and they pitched it about as well as they've pitched it all year long in terms of the staff so you know I got a short fuse on the whole overreaction thing. Bianco's there as long as he wants to be, and when he wants to be the next AD, I think he'll walk in there and tell him. All right, enjoyed it. Let's do it again tomorrow. See you all same time, same place. See you then. See you.